Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we welcome in A's non-roster catcher Bo Taylor, who has a special reason the Japan trip means so much to him. He'll talk to us about his experiences here and about the pitching the A's have in the upper levels of the minor league system. Then. David Feldman comes by for the first installment in 2019 of the Feldman Follies. We'll look at the A's roster heading into the season and talk about the AL West and official scoring. Any changes there? Some interesting stuff next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus podcast, we welcome in A's catcher Bo Taylor, or I think Bo, we're, we're here in Japan for the season opening series, and I think they introduced you, you uh, as as Bue Taylor. Bue Taylor, that's Bu, correct. Bue Taylor, are you going to go with that now, Bue? I, I'm, everybody calls me Butte on the team, so I guess Bue's close to it, so I guess it works. Butte, as Butte? They do really yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, B-E-A-U-T. Oh, that's not, I like that. That's, a, that's a nice. It was a little joke like a couple years ago, but because they, they did something like the All Butte team. I think uh, Sonny came up with it. And I was like, guys, like, why is my name on the board? And they're like, no, that, no, that was like the All Butte team, but I guess you are Butte, so okay, we'll call you that. So were you not on the original Butte no, team? Then? then I became like the captain of it. Okay, that, that makes more sense. Did Sonny put himself on it? I don't think he did it on purpose. I, I, I'm not totally sure about it. Who was uh, I'm trying to think? Was, who was this it? like Barry Zito's all dreamy team that had like Syndergaard and people like that? And Big Country was on it. <laughs> oh, no. That's hilarious. Um, so tell us about this trip for you because you're here as a non-roster player, yeah. but they're still putting you to, to tons of work here in Japan. What, what's it been like? Like, what's your your day like here in Japan? Uh, I mean, I'm doing everything what else what everybody else is doing. It's just not getting into the games right now, but working out. Just got done doing defensive drills with Marcus. Uh, still hitting batting practice, treating it like an everyday regular regular game. And I mean, I'm still getting nervous like uh, before games. And I know I'm not getting in, but it's still like it, it's it feels like at home right now. So I mean, the experience here has been amazing. Now I know um, this is a little bit of an extra special trip for you. Tell us why. I know your your longtime girlfriend is, has been working here, right? Yes, uh, she's actually she's stationed in Osaka, and I got the chance to see her this trip. Uh, she came to Tokyo for here for a couple of days. She left uh, yesterday. But yeah, it was just, it, we're, yeah, words really can't describe how it's been since she's been here, since we've been together for a long time. And then that baseball has brought me this far to Japan. And it's just crazy that she's working here and I got a chance to see her. That's great. Well, but I always wear you out as a to talk to because I love talking to catchers about pitchers. Uh, after a long spring training, and especially with your familiarity with a lot of the guys in the upper levels in the minor leagues, uh, what stood out to you among uh, some of the A's pitchers? Uh, we had unfortunate news today about Jesus Lazardo's got a shoulder thing. He's been shut down for, for a while, yeah. Um, but what, what did you think of him when, when you, from what you saw of him this spring? But also, you've caught him before this spring, yes. too. Yes. Uh, no, I'm... He's always been a mature pitcher since the first time I saw him. And then when him coming up to AAA, it was just he did he, he had like this giant like gleam in his eyes, like because he he was ready because he was that he's the next step away from the big leagues, and he was so excited. I know he was getting tired down the road, especially being his first year after having Tommy John, but he came in and handled his business. He had a couple up and up and downs, but he's able to bounce back from that. And that's all I didn't know anything about his shoulder. That's that's sad to see, uh, sad to hear. But I know he's going to work hard and get back from that. Especially our training staff will do a good job with that too. Yeah, I think they said four to six weeks. So okay. yeah, it's not 
major, major, but it's yeah. not the news they wanted to hear. But he does seem like he's somebody who's potential got the potential to have a really special career. Yes, he's very special. I mean, he's a bright kid, works really hard at what he does. He's super gifted. I mean, he's one of the, the best young pitchers I have ever seen in baseball. Now, um, with his injury, I think that makes Frankie Montas maybe even more important. How much has Frankie grown maybe over the last year or two since you've, you've seen him? You've played with him in different levels. You've seen him during the spring. He, he's added the, the split finger. Yeah. It seems like he's becoming a more complete pitcher and also maybe a little more mature. Yes, I agree, I agree with that. I mean, he's always been a pretty mature pitcher, in uh, my opinion, catching him. He's one of my favorite pitchers to catch. But this year he came in with a different mentality. Instead of throwing hard all the time, I mean, he, he, has, it in, he has it in there for sure. He can hit 100 what he wants to. But now he's, he wants more movement on his pitches. And then his split finger, is, that's something really special too. Like, and he's able to throw for strikes all the time. He's understanding the game a lot better now. I mean, he, uh, he's going to be a dominant pitcher for sure down the road. He's going to help us a lot. We saw a lot of Chris Bassett in Oakland last year. He was kind of bouncing back and forth between Nashville and, and uh, Oakland. What do you think about Bassett? I know you've obviously like caught him a ton yeah. over the years. He's all, he's a, I think somebody will still see a lot of in Oakland this year, even though he has options left. Yeah, no, I love the guy. He's another guy I like catching. And it seemed like every single time he came up to the big leagues and back down, he, he brought something with him. He brought something new that he needed to work on, or he got better and like his pitches became sharper. Uh, every, like everything is um, preparation was better too. I mean, he's always been good at doing that, but he just got. Again, like a, a smidge more mature. I, guess, I mean, he's there already, but it, 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 also, it helped me learn too because it's figuring out what they're doing up here, and he's coming down to AAA, and it, it actually was helping me and pitch calling. It helped a lot. Yeah, he's, I think, one of those guys who had a really good attitude. It's not easy going back and forth. Yeah. He had a great attitude about it, and I think he learned a lot about himself doing it. Yes, no, I 100% I agree with that. I mean, he, yeah, he, he handled his situation really, really well. It is tough coming, bounce, bouncing back. Up and forth, but the thing is that we're still playing baseball, which is the best part. That's <laughs> true. Well, um, you, since you're probably going to be opening the season in Las Vegas, you've got some, I think, some really nice talent potentially there in the rotation. Um, anybody that kind of jumped out at you during the spring? Grant Holmes is a guy that has, I think, a, a world of talent, yes. world of potential, uh, and he's finally healthy. Yeah. Did, what did you see from him in the spring? I, he looked really good. I mean, it's I, last time I caught him was in 2017 in Midland. And I, it was a shame to see him get hurt last year. I was missing out the whole entire year, but it was actually really, really good to catch him this uh, spring training. And it, it feels like he never stopped pitching. It, like he's, he's the exact guy, the same guy, just a little, yeah, again, a little more mature, he's a little more seasoned now. Uh, and he's worked hard to get back to where he's at right now. And his pitches, his, his pitches look great. Um, the, I think everyone knows about Lazardo. But there's also two other guys that are sort of his draft class. How much have you seen of Dunchy? How much have you caught of Dunchy? How much have you caught of Brian Howard at all? Big guy. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Oh, Howard. I haven't caught Howard that much. I've caught Dunchy. This is the first time this spring. But the first time I caught him, I was I was actually like surprised what his average velo was on his fastball because it seemed a lot faster. And he's one of the big guys that have a lot of like um, what's it called spin rate. He's yeah. a high high spin rate guy. And then I, I had uh, Gil Patterson came up to me and was like, what did you think of him? And I was like, I mean, I could tell he's a high spin rate guy. And then he was making fun of me, like, because we're on the rap Sodi thing. And he was like, it's called rap Bodie now. Like, and, <laughs> no, he, uh, he, he's another, he's a very good pitcher too. 
That's awesome. Um, you are, I think right now, that well, certainly you're the only healthy left-handed hitting catcher. You made your big league debut last year, last fall, which I think we were all delighted to see. Um, how do you kind of stay ready in case you're needed at the, the big league level? There's so many demands on a catcher day to day. Uh, how do you kind of divide things up when, when you know the main thing you have to do is is catch and work, do your work behind the plate, but you, you know, you also want to be able to hit a little bit and show them that you can do that. Yeah, I, I just, my, my, I do my best job of shutting them to the field and getting my work done. And whoever are hitting coaches at the time, I mean, working with E, Eric Martins, like me and him, like we, we have a very good connection. We've been together for the past five years now. And he knows my routine. He knows what keeps me sharp. And he, like, and if I'm slumping a little bit, he knows how to get me back. I mean, hitting is a huge part, I mean, huge uh, part, of course. And you want to be a hitting catcher. It gets tough, but I mean, it's on the long, I mean, you have to do it pretty much. <laughs> Just have good at bats. That's right. the biggest thing. Any way that I could get on base, and help our team win. That's that's a that's a win for me. You you were a minor league free agent for about half a second before deciding to resign here. What, what was the thought process for you? I I feel like being with Oakland. It, it feels at home with me. I, I love everybody in the front office, all the coaching staff, the training staff, the strength coordinators, and everything. Like it just feels it feels right coming back. And it, it's also when I first came back and all the look on everybody's faces. They're so happy that I signed back. And it, it, it's it feels good. I was one of them, as you know. When I saw you come in the clubhouse, I was like, hey, yeah. we got a good talker back. Um, I can't let you go without asking you about your first big league hit okay. last year, which was, I mean, it's always fun to see somebody's first big league hit, but yours was extra special. Tell us about your uh, your base running there. It, my base running is actually really good. <laughs> but at this time, I was just way too excited. Like, I coming into that bat, I was like, i got to get a hit right now. And I was like, I'm going to get a hit. And then I hit it, and I was like, I know that's a base hit. And I felt like my legs were moving way too fast, and then I didn't pay attention when I hit first base. And then I went down. But I, if you look back at it, it was athletic. I was a very athletic slide. I got up. So, yeah, it, that was an amazing moment. It was funny because, yeah, because all of my friends and my family, they said, just because people that know me, like how because sometimes I get clumsy, and they said that was the perfect way for me to get my first, like, uh, big league first base hit, and I, I totally agree with them. Yeah. What, what was the reaction like when you got back to the dugout? Because it was, I mean, we saw some of it uh, on the TV. It was looked pretty great. It was awesome. It was a great feeling. All the coaches were laughing, giving me a high five and everything. And I feel like it boosted like the our, like a team morale in the in the dugout. Uh, everybody was pumped up after that and laughing. It was it was a good time. That's awesome. Well, hopefully there are many more to come. Bo Taylor, thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. Thank you. Our thanks again to Bo Taylor for joining us on A's Plus. We will be back momentarily with David Feldman and the first installment of the Feldy Follies for 2019. Hi, I'm King Kaufman, the producer of A's Plus. Just wanted to jump in for a second and let you know you're about to hear Susan Slusser and David Feldman talk about a lot of things, including Jesus Luzardo who you probably know has been shut down for four to six weeks. It's going to sound strange to hear them not acknowledging that. Just wanted to let you know this interview happened before that news broke. All right, enjoy. We are back with A's Plus, uh, and David Feldman is here. The Feldman Follies, they return for a second season. Our first installment, David, and it's from Tokyo. Yes, it's uh, Feldman Follies, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, I like it. Yeah, good. Well... Maybe we just do it in a different place every time. <laughs> we like to travel internationally. Um, 
David, this is the third time you have served as the official scorer for the Tokyo opening series. Well, what's this experience been like for you? It's been great. I mean, going back to 2008, Japan was never any place on my bucket list to go visit. It wasn't something I thought about. But then having that experience in 08, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And you just really was eye-opening for me and then the experience of scoring I mean I have the best gig of anybody I only have to work the games so the other time I'm here I'm out I'm touring around I'm enjoying the city so that's been fantastic We've uh, noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing that's very different about scoring a game at the Tokyo Dome is I also get to run the scoreboard do you really uh, not the whole deal but I actually have to put up on the board hit or error or fielder's choice whatever happens I remember the first time I walked in there and the I had somebody assisting me and said, okay. I'm like, what, what okay, what is this? There's like a machine here. So I came back here a couple of years ago to do the World Baseball Classic, and we did 12 games in nine days, and I got very proficient on the scoreboard, Ooh. so I feel very comfortable, except for when I looked at the controls today, I went, ah, uh, what do I do again? What do I do? Got to relearn it. <laughs> so this is actually your fourth time here then? My fourth wow. trip to Tokyo, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. You're a regular. Um, since you are a, a regular official scorer at the Coliseum and at uh, Oracle Park, Oracle so Park, that's what yeah. we're calling it now. <laughs> Um, is there anything new in the official scoring world for 2019 like it seems like there is for all the rest of baseball? What what new and strange strange things await you this year? Yeah, there's just some administrative stuff that they've changed and a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, gambling, sports gambling is legal in more states now and you're going to see it grow. So they really want to keep control of information and how things work and they don't want the scores to be influenced because there are prop bets now on will this guy get a hit or an error? Oh, will this? Will the next guy do this? So they want to make sure everything's above board and there's just certain things put in place now as far as making calls. We're supposed to let the MLB gamecaster, the guy who does the online scoring, know first before we even announce it to the press. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not sure why they decided this was how they wanted Could the things to be somebody place a bet that quickly? My goodness. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where. And they must have had a lot of meetings about it. There were a lot of talks, a lot of conference calls. Wow. But, uh, and there's, as you know, there's starting lineup rules now right. about the embargo and, their, and things. And I think as the season goes along, you're going to see more things geared to protecting the game when it comes to gambling. Wow. Yeah, it does seem like there are some potentially gray areas since they're introducing so many, you know, the MLB is is partnering with a lot of, you know, the DraftKings type things and other gambling entities. And uh, yeah, it, it does seem like there there's a system that could potentially be abused there. And, and it's not the players. We're not talking, you know, 100 years ago in the, in the Chicago Black Sox because players, you, you can't offer them enough to offset what they are making. But it's the people around the game. It's the umpires, it's the official scorers. It's people who do have an effect on certain parts of the baseball game that that would be a target, right? Right. So that's what they're protecting them from. Uh -huh. So if you suddenly pull into the Coliseum lot in a Maserati, <laughs> I am going to look very closely at the way you've been scoring. Um, of course, we, we talk a lot about the team on the Felden Follies. Uh, what are your thoughts coming into the season? What jumps out at you? Uh, you know that the A's seem like they have a lot of the similar strengths from what they had last year, um, and they also seem to have the kind of one major area that I think remains a question mark. That was a question mark all the last last year. Yeah, I think you look at the team. This is a very good offense. They're going to put up a lot of runs. Uh, their defense is outstanding. I mean, think about this: where we've come from three years ago, and we said this defense is terrible. This is one of the best defenses in all of baseball. Uh, the relief pitching, the bullpen is solid again. So it comes down to can you have the lead after five innings? And that 
comes into the starting pitchers, and that's a huge, huge question mark. Huge question mark. Uh, Are you surprised they did not do more in terms of going out and maybe getting another arm or two? I, obviously, they did, but essentially what they did was bring back a couple of the guys they'd had, plus Marco Estrada. Right. I, I am. Talking to people, talking to you, talking to David Force. The market seems to have been really screw, screwed up. People were asking for way too much money. Way too much money. Yeah. And now it's starting to come back. I think Gio Gonzalez is a great example. He was a guy who was asking for a huge deal, a two-year deal with huge money. And he ends up signing a minor league contract. Hopefully, if he makes the team, he gets $3 million, which is nothing, really, right. for, for a guy. And up to as much as 15 I think, something right. like that, yeah. So the, I think agents and players themselves, they've all misjudged what the market was. Right. So the A's... You know, getting Marco Estrada was good. Yeah. You know, a track Reasonable record. Reasonable deal. Yeah. yeah, and bringing Brett Anderson back, who's who's looked who's looked really good this spring. Uh, I would like to have seen him try and bring one other legitimate starting pitcher in. Um, I still hold out hope for Edwin Jackson, who is a nice fit here. He's one who was his agent. He has since changed agencies. I understand was asking for way too much, especially based on essentially a half a season of work. Yeah. Um, but I think that there was a. I think there was a misunderstanding by some of the representatives. This is never the agents. This is not in, I mean, uh, the players. It's not a player-driven right. market. It's an agent-driven market. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just not that teams are willing to wait these guys out. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see Edwin come back. No, Dennis, um, with Keichel still out there, a uh, guy who was Cy Young just a few years ago, oh. he can't get a deal because he's asking for too much. Too much. So, I, th I you know, players are going to have to adjust now, too, because you're seeing – uh, with the new baseball front offices, the younger mindset, we're not going to pay for guys who have age on them. Right. right. We feel our value, we can get the same production out of somebody younger right. and pay a lot less. Right. And players are going to have to adjust their thinking. We'll keep trying all our top prospects until we hit on somebody, or we'll use a couple of guys until they they aren't effective and we'll use somebody else, all minimum wage guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if you look at what the A's did last year with their starting pitching, how they pieced it together throughout the year, they think, well, we could probably try that again. Yeah. Right? And if we need to go opener or bullpen games, we can do that two out of every five games. That's not going to put us back. Right. And the way these, you know, there's the rosters are nothing but pitchers. You're going with three-man benches when we get into the regular season. That's right. what you're going to see. There's not a lot of moves being made offensively. All your moves are going to be made on the pitching side, and you'll just keep shuffling guys in and out. Um, anything that jumps out at you uh, in terms of, of this team this year? Anything that, that's different? or Any players you kind of suspect might have um, really big seasons? I think Jerickson Profar is going to be a superstar. I, I think the A's got him in a steal where, where, where Texas didn't have a spot for him and they didn't want to give him any money. Um, this is a guy who finally got to play regularly last year. And you saw him put up 20 homers, 77 runs, and he was driving the ball consistently. He, you know, he was 19 years old. He was untouchable. He right. was going to be the next superstar. Uh, he was in a playoff game in 2012. He's been around a while, but he had to deal with injuries. He had setbacks. He never got a one position. Now he gets to play second base every day. He's going to be in the lineup every day. I think he's just going to have a monster season. I'm really excited to watch him play. And I think he's the type of guy that's going to excite fans because he can do everything on the baseball field. Right. And he's very smiley, which we always like. I think the fans are going to really, really take him. The team has. I mean, he's just got kind of one of those winning personalities. He speaks four languages, which is, uh, you know, extraordinary to me. Uh, and uh, just he's known as a great clubhouse guy. Uh, 
I think everyone that they've brought in, I, it wasn't a ton of new additions, but Soria is the same way. Uh, Estrada is the same way. These are kind of good, so, Nick Hundley, good, solid veterans with great clubhouse reputations, which I think the A's are, you know, something that is now kind of on their radar that they want to make sure they don't disrupt things internally. So, yeah, I like it. The catching still, I think, is a little bit of a concern in my mind. Um, I think early in the spring when they were talking that uh, maybe it would be Herman Hundley and letting potentially even, you know, DFAing Josh Fegley. I was a little concerned about that. I like Fegley. I think he's made some really good changes offensively. Uh, but uh, I still, you know, I, I just I feel like maybe that was a position they could have done a little bit more. Um, I remained a little baffled by some of the other decisions they made that cost them some money, say, nothing against him personally, but picking up a $5 million option on Fernando Rodney when you now look at the market and say, well, oh, wow, that's not probably what what he would be worth on this market. Maybe apply that to a catcher instead. I don't know. I agree. I but think that's catching. just me. No, I think, by the way, that, that, that pinging you were just hearing, that was the ball coming off Jerickson Profar's bat. That was a loud noise. Uh, no, I think catching is, is a problem. I like getting Hundley. Um, I've watched Hundley with the Giants the last couple of years. Uh, and as a, a fill-in catcher, right, a guy who catches maybe once or twice a week, he's very productive, and you spot him against left-handers. Now, in this situation with Fegley, two right-handed catchers, that's not ideal. Not and ideal. I think that's something they're going to have to adjust to as the season goes along because um, neither one – has really played every day in their career. See what happens when you split their time. They're going to have to hit against right-handers, something neither one has really done much of. So that's something to keep an eye on. I don't know if there's any other options at the moment. I know Murphy's down in the minors, and that's where they got their eye on. He's going to be the next big thing. See how long it takes him to get here. Yeah, probably June, mid-June. What about whatever that date was that we saw Matt Chapman a couple years ago? It's going to be that date? (laughs) That's the date. Um, Yeah, uh, the whole Jesus Lizardo question, where do you stand on that? Right away? Bring him up right away? Or do you wait two weeks and make sure you get, like, the extra year of service time? I am a proponent of waiting the two weeks to get the extra year of service time. It's just there's no reason not to. We've seen... Yeah, we know every game counts. Yada, every yada. game does count. But you know what? It's really going to be three starts, and that's all he's going to miss. I have no problem with it to save a year. At a, now, saying that. Well, I'll talk there's, to you in September, David. You never know. You never know. But you never know what he would do either, right? That's true. I just, I just think it, it's worth it to save that day. They did it with Mark Mulder, and you know what? It worked out fine in 2000. True. So I, I, think, I think you can do it. I, I, I actually think it's, it's smart business. And that's where the business and baseball are always going to mesh. But for for business and the long term and what you think of this guy, you're going to want him longer than short. Right. And you know me. I'm very much side with the players on all things um, in terms of money issues and service time and all that. They do complain a lot about service time manipulation, but they they agreed to this collective bargaining agreement. And it was right there in black and white that teams would be able to do this. And you know if you give them that that option, that's what by and large what they're going to do. The teams aren't doing anything wrong. I mean, agents scream and holler about it but this is in the cba that the players ratified so uh that one i have a little little less uh understanding of um overall how do you see things division wise uh the houston astros are still the team to beat um it's such a talented club and it's a well-run club and aj hinch has, has shown that this is he understands the the analytic side of baseball and the player side of baseball, and, and, and it's, he's a special special manager. He's a perfect fit for that team. Um, so they're they're going to be tough. Uh, the A's are the next. I think the next best team. The Angels, 
the Rangers and the Mariners are a step behind. Um, the Angels have no starting pitching. I mean, Trevor Cahill might be their opening day starter. That's unbelievable. Um, you know, or it could be Matt Harvey. It's just they have nothing. Texas is in a in a state where they're selling off guys. Uh, and the Mariners, if you look at their team, what did they do in the I don't understand. They make a lot of moves. At some point, don't you have to kind of wait and see what, what works and if anything sticks? I mean, if you just keep stirring it, like what? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun to watch, really, from afar. It's from not like afar. something. There was that one stretch where they were making moves sort of like, you know, in the in the game notes, it was like in the last 784 <laughs> minutes they've made. <laughs> You know, five trades, but and they have, you know, they have some big contracts. I think they would love to move and and, and Jay Bruce and Edwin Encarnacion. Um, That's why the July 31st deadline is going to change things. Right. You know, I think it's it's a big difference. It's a change of thinking, um, especially for teams who want to sell off those players. Right. Got to make a decision. You got to make a decision. I just, I'm still. I'm still kind of baffled that Ryan Healy is going to be their opening day third baseman. That's going to be interesting. You know, I, I, I don't know if you're going to win games that way. They needed a little more depth at that spot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like him at first. I like him at DH. I'm actually still remain uh, somebody that, that thinks he's going to have a nice career. Sure. But that is not that's not the ideal spot for him. Um, one thing we, we um, haven't really mentioned at all, um, and I don't think I've talked about with really any of my guests, is the A's at some point do start to get some players back. Um, we talked a lot, so much about the rotation, but at some point, Sean Manaya will be back. Yep. At some point, Jarrell Cotton will be back if all things go well with their rehabs, of course. And A.J. Puck, who is a very special pitcher. If he comes back to full health, if he comes back to where he was, there's no guarantees. I know everybody always goes, Tommy John, oh, that's a, that's a full, full uh, fix guaranteed. It's not. Guys, it's about an 80% success rate yeah. with guys returning to where they were. Um, uh, and certainly hope that everyone does. Uh, but that, that's kind of the A's might have that in their back pocket. If they manage to kind of stick close and in it, suddenly they the, the complexion of their rotation could really change dramatically. When you're talking about Lizardo and Puck in the same rotation, both healthy, that could be very interesting development. Yeah, you talk about a mid-season acquisition from your own system. I think you're right. That's been underplayed, that those guys will hopefully be coming back. Right, at full uh, strength, yeah. You know, and, and if they do, now you're going to have something with, with the starter. So... I think, you know, with everything, the season always changes, right? April and May are always very different than what July and August are. Right. Um, so, yeah, if Aaron Brooks is going to start the season in the A's opening rotation, I don't believe that he's going to be here at the end of April. Probably not. But uh, things change, and you look at it, and you go, okay, if A.J. Puck is what A.J. Puck was we saw in spring training, that's oh, a legitimate start. He's a starter. monster. Monster. You know, and I was a big fan of Jarrell Cotton. I know there was times that he struggled, but I think he's got a world of talent. I um, yeah. I'm very excited to see him pitch. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I we know what Manaya can do, and boy, if he's fixed, which he says that he says he's 100 percent now, what he did last year with that shoulder uh, issue, and he was so effective. He threw that no hitter. Threw no hitter. Yeah, with the shoulder uh, being essentially torn. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. So. Much to talk about, David Feldman, um, and I'm sure we will have you back here soon on uh, Ace Plus. Thanks for joining us once again from Tokyo. Tokyo Drift. Go run that board. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> thanks to David Feldman for joining us on Ace Plus. We will be speaking to him often throughout the course of the years, so please stay tuned for that. Our producer today was King Kaufman. We will be back again next week from Oakland with more Ace Plus. Thanks for listening. Ace Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. 
If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.
A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Thank you.